Eyes by Greg Krojak. Rod Barcode feigned concern. Are you all right now, Karen? Would you like a glass of water? Karen shook her head. No, thanks. I'm okay now. The Web Vision presenter returned to the main subject. Now, let's just imagine for a moment that Capelia and others that might be built in the future were classed as people. As people, wouldn't we have to give them rights? Professor Morris shook his head frantically. You're talking about giving rights to tools. Rights are given to protect humans, or, or sometimes to protect animals. Machines don't need rights. They need limits. Coppelia is basically a computer, a collection of bits and bytes, zeros and ones. How can we be certain that the android Coppelia is not just an excellent mimic? How do we know that it is not simply programmed to recognize human social cues and its code has a certain response to each particular situation? Karen was feeling much better. Because she thinks that's why she recorded a video to celebrate, with me, the success of the first stage of her mission. This was the first that Rod had heard about such a video. Really? What was the video? It was to remind me of when we both attended a performance of the ballet Coppelia, the ballet that she's named after. She learned the choreography on the trip and sent it so that its arrival would coincide with her arrival. It showed me that she cared. You mean it downloaded the choreography? No, I mean she learned it, just like you or I might learn something. She loves learning. The main computer was packed with things for her to learn. She insisted on it before leaving. And it was done. Professor Morris wasn't having any of it. Sentimental hogwash. Mrs. Alterson is simply anthropomorphizing the android. I don't blame her. It's a perfectly natural human reaction, especially when this particular android looks so human. But that's what's happening here. Nothing more. Rachel and Rufus were quite happy to take a back seat and let Karen and Professor Morris slug it out between them. Rod took a sip of his water, which, unbeknown to his audience, was actually neat vodka. He felt that he performed better with a little alcohol inside him. His show was the top-rated show of its kind, so the production team turned a blind eye. Going back to something Professor Morris said earlier, we give rights to people and animals to protect them from us. Humans, that is. Why would robots and androids need protecting from us? Karen looked at the show's presenter. Seriously? Have you been asleep all your life? Rod looked embarrassed. No, of course not. Why? Karen took the bull by the horns. Look at how we treat each other. Agreed, we tend mostly to be good to each other, but there's always someone who's willing to, no, possibly enjoys, abusing their fellow human beings. If some of us are prepared to mistreat each other, then those people aren't going to hold back from mistreating androids. Professor Morris laughed. <laughs> what does it matter? They're machines. They're not human. Karen could feel her blood boiling as the production team rubbed their hands with glee. It matters because our behavior is a reflection of ourselves as a society. We, most of us anyway, don't hurt animals because it's morally wrong. If we mistreat animals, it says a lot about the type of people we are, and we don't want to be thought of as inhumane. I'm not saying that all robots should have rights. Basic models such as cleaner bots, security bots, and, and yes, even sex bots don't need rights. Their treatment is already covered by property rights. 
Somebody owns them, and by damaging them or stealing them, you're contravening somebody else's property rights. But sapient robots like Capelia are a completely different kettle of fish. Professor Morris interrupted Karen's flow. Mrs. Alferson, you just said sapient robots, plural. Are there more androids like Capelia? Karen had been expecting this topic to come up. Professor, there will be more sapient androids. Capelia is the first, but others will follow. Of course, I can't speak for any other company that may one day produce sapient androids, but for our part, we take all possible measures to safeguard our property technology and to protect mankind. Rod wanted to know more. So there will be more. When have you ever known something to be invented and then uninvented? Never, Rod. It just doesn't happen. Once Pandora's box is open, it stays open. A member of the studio audience shouted out, picking up on Karen's comment about protecting mankind. What about hacking? Couldn't somebody hack into the androids and turn them against us? We've all seen the old Terminator movies. They could wipe us out. Rod turned to Karen. Well, Karen, can you give us an answer to that question? What precautions were taken to prevent the hacking of the android Capelia? Of course, Rod. The encryption used in securing Capelia from hackers' intrusion is the most up-to-date and the strongest on the planet. OTP 5.0, that is, one-time-pad version 5. Stronger encryption doesn't exist. Of course, when a stronger encryption method is developed, that will be employed. Any future sapient androids will have the strongest possible encryption installed. We recognize the risks to humanity if this isn't done. Professor Morris saw an opportunity to leap back into the conversation. Agreed. We may not be able to stop more sentient, uh, sorry, sapient androids from being built, but we need to put in strict controls to prevent them from trying to overthrow us. If we give them rights, we'll be undermining ourselves. If they turn on us, we'll be so tied up with red tape that we'll be beaten even before we have started to defend ourselves. Karen responded before the professor had a chance to say anything more. This is a new bridge that we're crossing. There have been many books and movies that have looked forward to the moment when a sapient android will be created, and we've been fed a diet of malicious robots and AI that are basically out to get us. Examples of good AI are far outnumbered by the malicious. And do you know why that is? It's not to scaremonger, but because stories need conflict. Nobody's going to read a book or watch a movie where essentially nothing happens. I'm not saying that they don't present a scenario that couldn't happen, but it doesn't have to happen. Whether it happens or not is up to us. Capelia has been programmed to feel emotions, yes, but certain negative emotions have been blocked. For example, she cannot feel anger, jealousy, or envy. We aren't trying to replicate humans or even produce something better than humans. Capelia was created to do something that humans cannot do. She was designed for a specific mission, a mission that we humans couldn't risk undertaking ourselves. She was programmed, yes, I said the P word, to learn from her environment and interactions just as a human baby would learn. But much like a human, she has continued to develop to this day. Rod tried to say something, but Karen was on a roll and wouldn't be interrupted. When we think of life, we're narrow-minded. We think of life in terms of organic life. Trees are alive. Our pets are alive. We, of course, are alive. But is being organic a prerequisite for life? I suggest not. There's a misquoted catchphrase of Mr. Spock, a character in a science fiction television series from the mid-1960s. It's called Star Trek. Has anybody seen that program? The question was addressed to the studio audience, and a large number of its members put their hands up. 
The phrase I'm talking about is, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Capelia is constructed from inanimate materials, but her capabilities have advanced far beyond those of other androids. She is a walking, talking example of Gestalt. Just like you and me, she can feel and express emotions. She can relate to the world around her. She's aware of herself and is sentient. However, all the evidence points to the fact that she is also curious, and she learns. Not in the way that most computers learn, but she infers. Why would a machine desire to learn the choreography of a ballet the hard way, the human way? To my mind, Capelia is sapient, and as such, she is life, but not as we know it. We give rights to animals, not equal to our own rights, but they nevertheless have rights. They have rights because we recognize animals as being alive. We should do the same for sapient androids. Thank you.